Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each podcast, I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. And hello, Matthew. Hi, Alison. And I'll tell you what, Alison, this week I'm going to turn the tables on you, Ooh. and I'm going to ask you a question to kick off the uh, this week's Take 10. You ready? All right. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, look. I mean, the RBA is the big news this week, isn't it? It really certainly surprised markets. So my question is, what happened? Like, how has it impacted financial markets more broadly? Did did the initial shock stick? What's happened, in your opinion, and what's happened to bonds, equities, for example? Yeah, a little bit of a surprise, wasn't there? Um, not in the sense of the 25 basis point or a quarter of a percent hike. I think that was fairly well expected and certainly what the RBA delivered. But I think it was really in the rhetoric around the bank commentary that really did give a bit of a, perhaps a bit of a shock to markets who'd been thinking that in general, I think the consensus was that there'd be a hike in February and maybe one in March, but that would be it. Um, But certainly the RBA came out and noted that there'd be further hikes from here. And that's really to make sure that it can get down to its target band of inflation and you know, at this stage, even under the RBA's own predictions, it's not hitting that sort of top of the 3%, 2 to 3% band until mid-2025. So I think it feels like it's got a little bit more work to do. And I think the market was perhaps a little bit surprised that maybe it might uh, go a bit further than previously expected. So the bond market moved a little bit in response to that. And we did see some moves from the equity markets as well. But again, they weren't drastic, you know, just a small, about, about a half a percent drop immediately following the RBA. But in the latter part of the week, we did see a bit more of a de- uh, fall back in markets. And I think that was probably more associated with the Fed and actually the Fed commentary uh, this week. So it's been a bit of an interesting week for banks again. So, But Matt, really keen to see what you thought about the RBA. I mean, what were they indicating? And I know that you got the call right, um, but, you know, has it changed your forward-looking view? Well, thanks for the plug, Alison. Uh <laughs> Uh, but I can't claim I was the only one to get it right. Uh, everyone was expecting 25 basis points, you correctly point out. But really what caused the response in the market and amongst commentators was really Governor Lowe's statement, which accompanies the board decision. And in that statement, he clearly alluded to the prospect of more rate hikes to come in excess of, say, the 20, extra 25 basis points we were uh, expecting that would follow in the March meeting. And in particular, I quote, in the very last paragraph, he said, the board expects that further increases interest rates will be needed over months ahead, months ahead, meaning more than just March. So March, April, possibly beyond. We have changed our view on the basis of that. We've now penciled in another 25 basis point rate hike, Alison, from 3.6% to 3.85%. So another 25 basis point following the March mm. meeting in April. We think they'll hold at that level until the end of the year and possibly into the first quarter of next year. So we don't have rate cuts back towards 3.5% now penciled in until the, se- the second quarter of next year. Of course, it's not just whatever the board of the RBA and Governor Lowe's thinking that is determining where rates are going. Is there's a broader context to what's going on, and we've seen, as you alluded to earlier, with particularly with the Fed, other central banks raising rates. And we talked about this last week, didn't we, um, in our take ten about what other central banks around the world are doing. 
What do you think the central banks are actually responding to at the moment? Yeah, I think it's been an interesting week as we, we did talk about the banks, but I think we're now talking about the plurals. And I think that people are very much focused on Jerome Powell's rate hikes as well, noting that there'll be more than one from here. And we're seeing some softness in some of the data, and I think the banks would be pleased with that. Certainly the housing centre, you know, sector and those other very interest rate sensitive sectors. But we're not seeing the slowdown in labour data or wages data and I think that's of some concern to the central banks. And there was some very, you know, pretty red hot data actually coming out of out of the states over the week. And I think that sort of gave pause for the markets to think that, you know, the Fed might need to do a little bit more and it might take a little bit longer for these sort of second round impacts or inflationary impacts to sort of go through the market. So the commentary is very important because um, obviously it leads to the action that the banks are going to take. So still a little bit uncertain, but I think people are now thinking that perhaps you know, while we might get a soft landing, it might take a bit longer for that inflationary environment to come down. And in in that, the central banks might be a bit bit more stringent in their rate cuts. And actually, it gives me rise to a question for you, Matt. Like, you know, while we're seeing those signs of resilience, surely this has got to increase the risks that the banks go a little bit too far or perhaps a little bit too far too fast. And I know you were talking about a small recession, but, you know, do you think there's a risk of perhaps a, a deeper or a worse outcome based on this sort of current set of information that's coming out? Well, with respect to Australia, which if we stick to Australia for the sec, you know, of course, as you know, we're, we're not expecting a recession there. And the other interesting um, piece of information that Governor Lowe uh, gives in his statement is where he sees uh, growth going. So that'll be, the details of that will be released later today in the statement of monetary policy, you know, where they the, um, the RBA updates its uh, all its forecasts, including its growth forecasts, and Governor Lowe sort of flags that in his statement. And there he's, they're still talking about growth slowing, of course, but slowing to a rate of about uh, an annual rate of 1.5% by uh, the end of this year. So whilst that's a low trend, it's, it's a long way away from recession. So mm-hmm. as far as the RBA is concerned, no, they're not worried about recession. Are we worried about recession in in Australia? No. The question then is if they do raise another 25 basis points, even 50 basis points from here, Alison, how will that affect the scene? And sort of if you just do a couple of back of the envelope calculations about what that means for um, the interest payments that the household will have to bear, particularly on their mortgages, um, whilst it's significant, it, it isn't. it's well within the capability of the household sector to absorb on aggregate. So to give you rough orders of magnitude, you know, an extra 25 basis point rate hike from what we were already thinking and what commentators are already thinking would add about another $5 billion worth of interest payments uh, to the household sector. Now, the household has already got, just in terms of its prepayments, so the amount of prepayments they've got leading into this episode, is something of around about $37.5 billion, which they can unwind as interest rates go up over the uh, coming year. So even if interest rates went up to 3.85% or even a bit beyond, as as we're saying, they can just, the household sector can just run down those prepayments and absorb the higher interest payments if they wanted to without actually having to increase the savings rate. They could just keep spending at the current rate even and just allow that to absorb. Of course, they run out of those prepayments and then they'd have to adjust consumption. But you can see there's quite a buffer there. And if you look at the total amount of excess savings that the the, the households 
built over the period since COVID, it's something around about 150 to 170 billion dollars. So they've got well over a year really to absorb and to adjust to the higher interest rate settings. And I, you know, once we get through this period of adjustment of 2023, the hope is that the economy is now back in 2024 into 2025, back to a more equilibrium setting. Well, it's good news for Australia and sounds like the banks have got a little bit of room to move, which is uh, I'm sure they're happy about as well. Well, that's all my good news on the economy, or at least my take on the economy, which which I think gives us some degree of optimism that we can get through this, this period that's going to be difficult in 2023. But what about markets? I know that equities have, you know, they've had a, a, a bit of a, a rally this, this year after being pressured throughout the second half of last year. I know you've been watching earnings. Earnings is very critical here, company earnings about where the pressures on equities are going to come going forward. Any updates there as we go into, we continue through earnings season, Alison? Yeah, well, by and large, relatively consistent to your view, actually, Matthew. I mean, look, I think I was perhaps a little bit more pessimistic in thinking we would see earnings under a bit more pressure and, and margins under a bit more pressure. But, you know, by and large, you know, obviously we're looking at averages. Um, It's been reasonable. There's been some misses, but there's been, you know, some some companies that are doing pretty well. And I think commentary coming out is suggesting that, you know, perhaps they are, the, broadly, they're seeing a bit of a slowdown and maybe there might be some increased pressures, but but nothing that would sort of really cause significant concern. So the analysts have sort of gradually been adjusting um, earnings down a little bit. But, you know, I think there really continues to be the view out there that there is a fair bit of economic resilience. I think the consensus view is that, will probably hit the Goldilocks soft landing, which would be, you know, obviously terrific overarchingly for for risk assets and for balanced portfolios if we can. So something we'll watch a bit, but, and I think, you know, the inflationary picture and the the consequent actions by the Fed and, and the RBA and so on will be really important. But so far it's looking pretty good. So we did see a bit of that rally coming out of that earnings season. The last couple of days have stepped back a little bit on, on the back of the Fed, on the back of the RBA and so on. But really, overarchingly, it's been a pretty positive period. But it's never a dull day, Matt. You know, there's always a new data release. There's always something else to look out for. So I'd like to thank you for joining me today and as well as our listeners. And we look forward to chatting to you again next week and taking 10. Mm-hmm.